All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPlacito, and the Celtics fall again to the New York Knicks, 131-129, this time in double overtime. This was just another one of those games where the Celtics just make you question absolutely everything. Uh, we're going to dive into all of it, though. Going to follow today's podcast, same as usual, run through player of the game, run through some of the highs, some of the lows, uh, talk about where the Celtics kind of stand at this point. Uh, and to get things started, I uh, have to give player of the game to Jason Tatum. And this one, controversial in my opinion, because I don't think it's as clear cut as it probably should be in this game. Uh, but Jason Tatum, 40 points, 11 rebounds, six assists, couple of really good plays defensively, offensively, looked good out there for the majority of it. Exact same thing I've been talking about for, I don't know, the last five games, pretty much since the All-Star break. Shot selection's terrible. Tonight, he took 17 three-point attempts, 30 total field goal attempts, 17 of them were threes, meaning he was he took 13 shots inside the arc. So really just horrible shot selection overall. Six of 17 from, the, from three, 12 of 30 from the field. So you look at those numbers, terrible. However, down the stretch, Jason Tatum had a couple of huge shots. A couple of huge, huge shots. He had a huge crossover and dunk over Robinson, uh, making it 130-127. And then crossed Robinson for another layup, making it 131-129 with 40 seconds left in double overtime. And honestly, I know he passed up that play at the very end of the game, uh, but he saw Al Horford open in the corner. And he passed it up for a good three-point attempt that would have won the game. Wished a triple overtime, it would have won the game. The game would have been over. So to me, I'm fine with that. I think he made the right play. I don't think Al was expecting the ball to go to him uh, just because every other game-winning potential scenario for the Celtics, Jason Tatum's taking that shot nine out of ten times. This just happened to be that tenth time. You saw it at the end. Al Horford didn't look like he was expecting the ball to come his way. Uh, And unfortunately, after a pretty solid game from Al Horford, he missed the game winner. Uh, But we can kind of start there for Al Horford as well. 20 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal, 2 blocks, 7 of 15 from the field, 6 of 10 from 3. This guy is just continuing to shoot the ball at such a high level. Uh, And... He's just he's bailing the Celtics out of so many just terrible possessions because he's hitting clutch shot after clutch shot. He had five offensive rebounds in this one today as well that really just kept the Celtics alive at points. Uh, so really solid game overall from Horford. Uh, same thing for Jalen Brown, 29 points, eight rebounds, and assist, four steals, sock. Uh, only return on this one. Jalen Brown. I thought it was really good at times. And then he kind of disappeared in spurts. Uh, but you talk about Jalen Brown going up and forcing overtime the first time. This is vintage Jalen Brown. This is exactly what you want. He goes in, Celtics down three. He gets to the rack, goes up hard, finishes the bucket, hits the free throw, ties the game. 
And then immediately after that, beautiful double on Julius Randle, forces the steal, throws up a prayer. I don't know if he actually got it off before the the clock expired, but Jalen Brown's going out there making the right plays. So JB, we've had his he's had his moments where free throws have been kind of that Achilles heel. He didn't take a ton today, but three of three, he hit the one at the very end of uh, regulation that counted, right? Thought he did really well. However, you want to see more from him in both of the overtimes. He didn't really do too much uh, in both of, in either of the overtime periods. He had 21 after the third. uh, And then he had, I, I think 24, 25 at the end of regulation. Um, so then actually, no, I think he had 27. So he had two points in both of the overtimes combined. It's just not enough. Right. So Jalen Brown throughout most of this game played really well, right. Struggled in the overtimes, uh, outside of that. I mean, you look Marcus smart. This was probably not a a great Marcus smart game, uh, but with no Malcolm Brogdon, he was forced to go in there and step up on the offensive side, but he took 11 three-point attempts. This is not Marcus Smart's game. He was three of 11. This is not the type of game that we want to see him playing. And I'll give him credit. He shut me up in the fourth quarter. There was a point, there was like, I don't know, two, three, four minutes left in this game. Marcus Smart just missed two other threes. And I tweet, I'm like, Derek White needs to come in for Marcus Smart. This is not his night. And as soon as I said that, he makes a beautiful pass to Al Horford for a three and then hits another big shot after that. So Marcus Smart shut me up. However, you still expect more from this guy. 13 points, three rebounds, four assists. Uh, this just this isn't the Marcus Smart that we saw at the beginning of the season. And what makes this a little bit harder is the fact that, you know, we didn't really have time lord we didn't have malcolm brogdon we didn't have those guys to come in and help uh so it was tough malcolm marcus smart in at times played really well in this one really well uh there were also times that we'll talk about in the second half here uh we'll talk about someone else though grant williams played 44 minutes in this one numbers might not say it one of five from three in this one two of seven overall end of the night nine points six rebounds three assists did make four, was four or four from the free throw line. Grant Williams in this game, regardless of what people are going to say, this again, my opinion, everything I say on here, my opinion, Grant Williams played excellent, really well. There's a reason he played 44 minutes. This is a good matchup for him. He matched up on Julius Randle a ton in this. And I think, I thought he did a really good job, really good job overall trying to cover him. Julius Randle still 31 points, but that's in 47 minutes. Right? He's not playing 47 minutes in a random game. So take out overtime, double overtime, those 10 minutes that he played. You know, he's probably somewhere around 20, 20 points. So this is the type of game where Grant Williams comes in, shows how useful he can be. Right. We've seen it against Giannis. We've seen it again Embiid. And this is the guy that came in, stepped up, hit a couple big free throws, and had a nice offensive rebound too. He had a huge offensive rebound uh, on the Marcus Smart brick, absolute brick to tie the game at 104 late in the game as well. And then two huge free throws to go up 118, 117, 
with a minute and 10, minute 15 left. So Grant Williams at times tonight was fantastic. But if people are going to look at the two of seven, the one for five from three, and say that he didn't have a good game, I don't buy it. It was a really solid, really solid defensive game from Grant. A couple of huge moments on the offensive end as well. Uh, overall, the Celtics just lacked in a couple different areas. Three-point shooting was one of them, uh, but playmaking was another. This was one of the lower assist games uh, as far as like minutes played goes. We had 27 on the night. 27 is a good number. However, we played 10 extra minutes in this game, and we didn't really see any of it. You know, in overtime, like the first overtime, we scored eight points. There were only two baskets made. One from Smart, one from Horford. Grant had two free throws. That's it. There were two baskets in the entire five minutes. So it wasn't good overall in that first overtime. And it really just never picked up. The assists, the ball movement kind of stopped. These guys were gassed. Uh, and I want to talk about it. Before we dive into some of the negatives, though, because there's, there are some. There are certainly a lot of negatives in this game. And it I hate that I have to talk more about that, but I do want to talk about some of it. Uh, before we dive into all of the negatives in this game, got to take a quick break for work from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Hopewell Hemp Farms. Hopewell Hemp Farms is your only source for the highest quality American-grown hemp products. If you're like me and love to be active, whether that's playing in an adult softball or basketball league, or your level of activity is limited to yard work, one thing is for certain. As you get older, joints start to hurt. Well, I turn to Hopewell Hemp Farms Body Butter to relax those joints and their amazing tinctures to help me fall asleep. Check them out at HopewellHempFarms.com today and stock your nightstand the only way I know how. Looking for an agent to help you buy or sell real estate? George Dimas at PD Properties is the agent for you. Sell now for a flat 3% commission on the sales price. PD Properties utilize the most current marketing techniques and strive to put more money in your pocket. If you're looking to buy, call now and George will be with you every step of the way until you find a property you're able to call home. Serving the North Shore and beyond, call George Dimas with PD Properties today at 781-913-2290. That's 781-913-2290. NBA fans, it's and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so let's talk. Let's let's start the negative section with the same thing everyone's talking about at this point. After blowing up a twenty-eight point lead last game, we come in tonight into tonight have a fourteen-point lead, and it disappears in a matter of minutes. Uh, the Celtics, time and time again, have just shown that they aren't really good at holding on to leads. And this is the very first game all season long that I've started to question whether or not this team has enough. And 
it's just, it's hard. It's really hard because there are so many times where the Celtics come out and look like the absolute best team in the NBA. And it's not even close at times. And then there are times where we go out and we just blow leads over and over and over again. And it's really hard watching it. It's really hard. Uh, the part that frustrates me the most about this win, about this loss, is the fact that so many guys just at times disappeared. We've seen moments of brilliance from Jason Tatum. We saw moments of brilliance for Jalen Brown. Same thing with Smart. Same thing with Horford. And then guys just disappear. And they go on a five-minute stretch of doing nothing. And when that happens, you need to have other guys that can step up and respond. Tonight, we were down guys. We didn't have Brogdon. We didn't have Time Lord. But we've shown throughout the majority of this season that depth is something that we can rely on. And we went eight strong tonight. Grant Williams played 44 minutes. Hauser got 20. Muscala got 12. We didn't see Pritchard. Probably not the best matchup for him with Brunson not playing uh, because they went a little bit bigger, this Knicks team did. Uh, Blake Griffin, Luke Cornett, probably not going to see much from them either. However, in a game where you're down, you know, Brogdon and Time Lord, you need guys to step up and play a little bit more minutes. Grant, 44 minutes tonight. Give him credit, right? But when you have guys like Sam Hauser that come out, play 20 minutes, he's out there strictly to shoot, and he goes one for four, it limits the amount of time that you can actually put him out on the floor, right? Mike Muscala, he went out there 12 minutes, pretty tough time defensively, and was one of three from three. You've got two guys that are very good shooters that went out and were combined two of seven from beyond the arc. Where do you expect guys to play? Like, who do you want to play more? And when do you want them to go in? And, and who are you substituting out, right? We played an eight-man rotation today because we were down two of our best guys. Blake Griffin, Luke Cornett, they're not playing on most nights. This is a smaller but bigger Knicks team. They play small ball, but all of their guys are pretty big, right? So you can't really go out and throw a Cornette out there because he's going to get demolished unless you're matching Mitchell Robinson minutes. Uh, that might have helped a little bit on the offensive boards, but honestly, Cornette's not a very good rebounder, right? So these are, these are moments where people want to talk about, people want to complain about depth and rotations, but where do you go in a game like this? That's the part that's frustrating though, right? Because obviously we've seen the depth of this team. We've seen guys one through 10 step up and play big minutes. But in nights like this where you're facing a pretty good New York Knicks team that's been playing well as of late, right? You don't have another option to go to when the two guys that you do put in aren't hitting shots, right? There's 32 minutes between Hauser and Muscala that just were negatives. Hauser was a minus 16 tonight. Muscala was a minus nine, right? The bench just did not have a good time in this game at all. Grant played well. Hauser and Muscala did not, right? So that's the part that's frustrating because you see this team and you see the depth that we've played with through the majority of this year. It didn't happen tonight. And you relied very heavily 
on your stars to play a ton of minutes. Obviously, those minutes are a little inflated because there's 10 extra minutes in this game because of overtime and double overtime. Uh, but in games like this, you need other people to step up. The fact that we have Jason Tatum at 49 minutes, Jalen Brown at 47 minutes, uh, and then even Al Horford at 36 years old played 46 minutes, and we needed him for all 46 of those. The fact that we're playing those guys that many minutes in a loss on the front end of a back-to-back is really troubling, really troubling. And I know we're missing Al Horford tomorrow because it's, again, back-to-back. Time Lord going to miss seven to ten days potentially, so he's out for a while, right? Now you're at a point where you're going to be playing Blake Griffin and Luke Cornett tomorrow against the Cavs, a good team, right? So you're going to be playing Jason Tatum again, Jalen Brown again, who just played an entire basketball game, basically 48 minutes average between the two of them. And they need to go out and play again tomorrow. Like this is just not an easy battle for this team. And it's just, it's not, it's not setting up well. The Milwaukee Bucks lost the other night. They won today, but this was the opportunity for the Celtics to kind of get right back in the mix. And instead, Bucks win, Celtics lose. Moving ourselves back in the in the standings here. And it's just, it's a tough game to watch. It is tough. Uh, that's where we're going to wrap things up. This is, a, this is a double overtime loss to the Knicks, 131-129. And the Celtics are playing again tomorrow. So try to get some rest. We'll be back at it after tomorrow's game. Uh, but if you haven't done so already, guys, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics guy, follow our Facebook page, Boston Celtics till I die and our YouTube page, Boston Celtics game day recap. Have a good night. Celtics fans. We will talk soon. Yeah. You couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we to Celtics? Who are we to Celtics?